Hi, and welcome back to the Kingdom LA Support Podcast. Today, uh, myself and Michael are going to discuss through uh, the lockdown litter report you can see behind us here um, and look at some of the stats post pre pandemic and uh, during the pandemic and what we think will happen uh, and, and expect to see going forward after the pandemic has passed us. So, to start with, um, we've always said it uh, through a number of the podcasts if you've seen them that no one likes litter it's something that's always been asked for when members uh, go out looking for before election it's always been in that top five littering dog fouling fly tipping that people want to to be looked at so that's some of the figures that we have here um, to go through Um, so just take it down to the first section Um, here so we can see here that uh, before the pandemic during 2016 2017 um the cost for waste collection was 6.82 million so that's 29 pounds per household come down slightly in 2017 2018 to 28 pounds still a hell of a lot of money for uh for each household to, to tidy up after people that don't need bins and ashtrays really isn't it yeah i think i think as we prepared and researched for, for this document, we, we we could we could actually point out where where we were before the pandemic and what the litter and waste problems and fly tipping problems were and where the usual places were other than our town centres and streets. But then we got a completely different uh, overview once we reached March twenty twenty. And we found ourselves in lockdown. And the first one being arguably the harshest lockdown of the three that we had. What we had then was people being allowed out in their family bubbles for one hour a day exercise or to get the essential shopping. And as you look around our streets, the town centres were mainly closed other than those that supplied the, the, the essential uh, foodstuffs at the time if you remember we weren't even allowed to buy clothes they weren't viewed as being essential and when you went in supermarkets it was for food items only and we saw a difference but not only did we see a difference um and i'm sure this affected other areas of the industry as well we had to show our flexibility during that time because there was going to be no requirement in the short term at least to continue doing litter enforcement simply because the footfall on the streets didn't warrant it and the local authorities were met with different challenges the new uh, challenge being the provision of covid marshals which is where our teams migrated during that period so we were doing a lot of work with the community across every aspect of ensuring social distancing, ensuring compliance with regulations, but also assisting with with vulnerable uh, adults as well and people who were shielding to ensure that they got food, drink and and, and the medication. So what we were finding then was a different look altogether in our streets, public spaces. And what we did actually see was that the rural areas, the areas that we up until then you didn't see a lot of litter, canal towpaths, parks, tracks, uh, river walks, that they were suddenly becoming the subject of litter. Usually 
drink cartons, crisp bags, uh, confectionery wrappers, that type of thing were popping up. And then the new blight, the new blight was surgical masks because everybody was having to wear surgical masks when indoors or when they were close up to people. And there was a lot of compliance. We saw a lot of people wearing them outdoors as well who felt particularly vulnerable. But with that came the fact that they were being dumped on the ground and left on the ground. And obviously there were health issues surrounding them as well as public defacement. So that's where we were there. Yeah, and just a couple of figures to back yeah. that up. You just got behind you there. 38% of people saw more litter around where they lived because of the pandemic. 78% uh, of people seen they saw more PPE, um, personal protection equipment, uh, equipment around them as well. So those, back to those face masks again, with a massive increase as the pandemic come in um, uh, for, for items that were being found on, on people's exercise, as you said, and, and walks to the shop to, to get their to get their supplies. I think what we did find, John, um, and I think this was reflective all over the country, was that um, people really were getting quite, as much as they could, were getting, they were getting angry with this new, new, new form of littering. They were going out doing their exercise. Some people were exercising, who up until then hadn't done exercising before, hadn't done walking for an hour before, whatever time they were out and some people just went out walked the dogs walked themselves got their exercise and came home others would take the families out and because they weren't used to it they weren't compliant and that's when you found that you were getting the littering if you then throw in the fact that there was no enforcement being done for littering in the streets at that time because obviously we were in the middle of a, a pandemic we were in the middle of a the NHS being overwhelmed or nearly being overwhelmed with, with, with seriously ill patients, that there was different priorities for the for the resources available to the local authorities other than the, the litter enforcement, and quite understandably so. But what we did see was the community kicking in and actually keeping their own neighbourhoods and areas clean. I, I, I personally witnessed a lot of people with bags and litter pickers and we're, we're, we're doing that. The problem was that they couldn't get the street bins empty quick enough. And once you got the street bins full and you got the adverse weather, you had the enduring litter problem. And again, with face masks. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the other areas that was we talked about Parksnap being hit by litter, but one of the others was uh, the beaches. And yeah. as, especially in the summer months, as we come out that first lockdown and was allowed... A little bit more freedom um, to go out. Um, I mean, all those these figures were from 2016 to 2017. Uh, we can see there, you know, per 100 meters, uh, 911 items of waste was found. Um, I know for the local authority that I live in, um, we saw over a 36% increase in waste that was collected off the beaches alone during that pandemic month. Um, from from what they reported, so. You know that's that's into it's thousands no. of items per, th per hundred meters. Yeah, absolutely, Th those 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 figures are bad enough because they yeah. were before the pandemic. But when you look at those going up by another thirty percent at least, and we all saw it on the news programs, we all saw it on the current affairs programs that the parks, the beaches, the green spaces were becoming blighted with this. 
for goodness sake, we were seeing Snowden with litter on. We were seeing Helvellyn in the Lake District with litter. We were seeing litter in areas that we'd never seen before, simply because people, the public, were exposed to areas that they'd never been to before and didn't have the self-discipline or, can I say it, the behavioural responsibility to take the litter home with them. And then, once we get into these areas where it's public footpaths going through fields, you've got wildlife out there and you've also got, uh, you've, you've got uh, livestock out there from the farms, all of whom are being exposed to the plastics and the other detriment that, that's, uh, that, that, that's dropped. Yeah, absolutely. If we move on to the next page within this litter report, um, this is again before the pandemic. Um, this is just top top ten items that um, were being found and been reported through that has been across the UK um, for for different parts. And as we've always mentioned we said cigarettes are quite high up. We've, we've seen that seventy nine percent smoking with litter. Um, you know the, the, these figures are multiple items can be produced under each one of these in, in different remits, but. Um, you can quite see out there for confectionery and smoking being sort of the biggest, biggest piece and non non-alcoholic drinks um, being what's being collected. Um, and I guess through the pandemic, we've seen most, you know, we've seen a lot of, and we've worked with different organisations with litter picking on beaches and streets, and um, and I guess we can really sort of match those figures of what's being collected um, from there. I mean, do any of those surprise you at all? No, no, they don't, they, because. For as long as we've been enforcing and we've kept statistics, we've 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 kept the management information for our clients of, of you know what type of litter. And 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 the, the the funny thing is that a lot of people still don't see cigarette waste as being litter. They just don't see it. And um when you see that it's non-biodegradable, when you see that you know, it's actually been in somebody's mouth before it's been dropped to the floor. When you see, uh, again, birds and, uh, 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 and other wildlife, or even domestic pets sniffing around it, uh, and children, then it's, and, it, and, the, and the defacer as well. I think most, in fact, I know most local authorities get it, but there is certainly a hard sell still to be done in related in relation to members of the public. I'll give you an example. I've seen I've seen someone walking down a high street with a cigarette in one hand and a can of uh, coke in the other hand. And I've watched that person finish their drink, put the drink in the bin, take a last drag of the cigarette and throw the cigarette on the floor. When there's a cigarette receptacle on the top of the bin. How do you get that? How do you get that mindset changed? Yes, education, but it's it's almost as if this is a free pass. This doesn't count as litter. Well, it does count as litter because it does cost to pick it up, and that's the main thing. If people can't see from the health reasons, and again during the pandemic, this is where we were getting more and more socialising out of doors because people couldn't meet indoors so they were arranging to meet in the parks even when the restrictions were, were lessened so there could be more than six they were meeting in parks and green spaces they were getting the beers out 
Some were smoking and they were leaving it all behind in the parks. I mean, one of the figures we have as part of our educational package, um, you know, 155 tonnes cigarettes butts are dropped uh, every day. So equivalent to eight uh, London buses. Um, you know, so it's a huge, huge effect. It might just be small for one person, but when we talk about how many items it's, are being it's a, dropped, it's a collective problem. Yeah, it's it's a huge issue, and it, it you know, all of that costs, and so that cost was just shown there on the screen. Uh, one billion pounds spent on each year to clear up litter. I mean, another analogy that y- you can you can mention about the new litter problems that we faced through the pandemic, and even to agree that we're still facing now, as hopefully we're beginning to see the green shoots of recovery and us coming out of the pandemic are the amount of PPE types that were, dropped, that were dropped. I think you've got some Just figures got there, John. Figures on the screen for you. Yeah, you've got the face masks, which are, you know, all but 70%. Then you've got the wet wipes and you've got the gloves, all of which are finding their way onto onto the ground. That uh, and, and someone's got to pick them up. And there's arguably health issues with all of them. And the analogy really that I draw is that the dog walkers who uh, pick up after the dogs, but then hang the bag from trees or just throw it on the ground. And we've all seen it. They've done half the job, they've picked it up, but then they've decided to drop litter as well that contains uh, dog feces. And uh, the masks, how easy is it to take a mask off and put it in your pocket, take it home and put it in your bin at home, but they don't. I see. I, I mean, why is, where I was on a part of coming from sort of pre-pandemic and into pandemic, I mean, from our experience, or my experience especially, um, I, I believe we've seen a massive change in the way that everyone sees or the majority of people sees litter. We've always had rules around it being a, a criminal offence and, and especially since the <coughs> Environment Protection Act. Um, but, you know, the interaction that we see from uh, articles and being covered recently on the news, especially to start the pandemic, it, there was, it was on TV, you know, pretty much every other day about how the increase was. And we've even seen change in the way that members of the public are commenting on social media posts and everything else. We've gone from, you know, why are you doing that to it's about time. I don't want to see it outside my house anymore. So there's, there's definitely been a change as the pandemic's happened about how people view what what's outside the door, really, I, I would think. I, I think I think you're right. I mean, and when we're talking about the pandemic, the new the new phrase that came in that we'll all remember was staycation, because yes. none of us could travel. And if you did travel, you needed uh, you needed a master's degree in in English to be able to fill in all the forms to get you in and out of the country. Uh, and even then, you probably find you filled them in wrong. Or they changed the rules 12 hours before you were flying. So most people decided that the UK wasn't a bad old place to have your, your summer holidays in 2020 and indeed 2021. But that then brought the bad along with the good. And uh, the bad being more footfall in places of beauty uh, and areas usual co- usually coastal but away from coastal, even in some of the areas uh, in the countryside, and all of a sudden, the litter problems that probably were getting taken to Spain and Italy and France every summer were being left firmly and squarely behind with us here. And I think from an enforcement agency's point of view, what we had to do, the challenge that was for us, was having had several months 
of um, retraining our guys to carry out the multitask role uh, of a COVID marshal, we then had to bring them back to the day job. And we then had to get them back to doing what they were employed and trained and were good at doing in the past. And that was ensuring that the streets and green, uh, and, and green spaces were, were, were kept clean. That was a challenge. It was a challenge in the mindset of the officer who had had six, seven, eight months of not enforcing, then was being asked to go back out and do the enforcement. Nothing had changed with people who were being enforced against post-pandemic. People don't like getting fixed penalty notices for dropping litter. Verbal aggression is almost everyone uh, to some degree. And uh, from that point of view, that impacted on our retention, on our, on our recruitment, it, only for a short period, but people were saying, I've, I've, I've done something else for six or seven months. I'm not sure I want to go back to facing this aggression, uh, as some of them do every day uh, when, when they're doing the jobs again. So as we're now entering 2020, well, we've entered 2022 and we're, we're moving towards the spring and uh, people still in the whole choosing to, to, to holiday in this country and the, and the caravan parks opening soon, then again, we will be dealing with far more litter problems of a different type. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some figures just on the screen there for to sort of highlight what we believe and what we we yeah what we believe we will be we having to deal with over this next year. So there's thirty percent of beaches have, have got face masks and uh, PPE equipment. Seventy five percent have spent less time in inner city, so that means we're gonna you know have to relook at the way that we deploy for all of our customers and make sure that we're covering those those outer areas more than the inner cities that, that, that we've had to uh, in the past to make sure that we're getting that same level of, of interaction with, with members of the public. Um, and obviously, they're one in three more people spending time in the countryside, which again goes back to what you were saying earlier. So it's definitely that. Um, part of the report also, we looked at a couple of hotspot areas. Um, so uh, Bournemouth had over 500 um over half a million visitors in one day and they produced over eight tons of rubbish with a 30 to 33 tons along the whole of the dorset coast lake districts 300 bags of rubbish collected in one single weekend in june and uh, epping, epping forest sorry showed a 50 percent 52 percent increase in fly tipping from furniture household items and garden waste so they're massive figures there are that that's that's you know that's on top of what we've they've had before so that that figure of a billion pounds we saw as being spent on clearing up litter is just going to increase and that's the reason why you know we we believe that our officers have a fundamental part in making sure that we can keep all of our nat natural beauty areas as, as well as our city centers you know cleaner and greener and yeah yeah I, yeah absolutely and, and it's important to note that even though the figures that you've got there, about eight eight tons of rubbish collected uh, in Bournemouth and 33 tons across the whole Dorset coast. That's what's collected. Some will have been collected from bins. Some of it would have been collected from the streets. And even if you said 1% of it, and I think you're being charitable there because there's probably nearer 20% of it is off the streets. Um, it's tons of litter 
that it's going down onto the streets, green spaces and beaches of one particular part of the UK. Mm -hmm. So there is still a need for a continued engagement, continued education, and, and when appropriate, enforcement as well. Because I think the general public perhaps need, as I've described, pressing the reset button on our staff who went away doing a different job for eight months, albeit for us and for the community through the local authority, and then they had to go back to the day job, then I think this will focus, and, and it has focused because of the enormity of the litter problem and the fact that people haven't been able to escape it because they've gone off somewhere else overseas, trekking or hiking or, or just, just somewhere in, in mainland Europe, and they've seen it. That's why it's become an issue that people write about, that speak about, and, and, and will campaign for. I, I, the, the litter campaigners, the volunteers, I've never seen as many as in the last 18 months. So a positive from a negative is that the public as a whole are absolutely adamant that they don't want dirty streets and that littering is a crime. I mean, going back to the campaign groups, you see a few of the, the comments there on the screen. I think the one that stands out for me was from Keep Britain Tidy that come out with that said that they fear that littering is becoming an epidemic as lockdown eases. Um, and it just shows you from a from a campaign group what they're expecting uh, the next few months to look like. And, and you know, hopefully the, the effects we can have for the for the customers that we have, uh, we can we can make a difference for, for them and the community that they serve. Moving on, um, I guess what we, as we're looking through this, we should look at the reasons why people litter. Um, that's part of what we have to consider, uh, whether we educate or or we enforce. Um, so there's a few stats on 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 the screen there. Um, Nineteen percent of people feel it's understandable to litter if the item is biodegradable, can rot away. Um, I mean. We've looked at stats like this before. Uh, although all items are biodegradable, you know, a bottle can take anything from 50 years to 400 years to biodegrade. Um, it could take a very long time, can't it? So, you know, 19% of people think that that's, that's, that's acceptable. Um, I think the biggest one that, that, that's on there for me, 38% of people believe littering is something that's uh, always acceptable if there's no bins or ashtrays. That goes back to what you were saying about people not wanting to yeah. take the litter home. Uh, you know, we, we've said it through many of our podcasts, um, but that's nearly 40%. So, you know, four out of 10 people were quite openly, once asked the question, will we'll litter, you know, in, in our spaces. And I, th I think what you've got there also when we're looking at why we litter and what the people who were spoken to during the research said, and you've got a clear broken window syndrome there in relation to 69% yeah. who are willing to litter in an area where they see graffiti. So they, th they think the job is half done anyway. This is a place where people are graffiti in, so it's not a very nice place, so it doesn't really matter. And I say you can compare with the broken window syndrome that started off the zero tolerance to lower range crime, including littering in New York, uh, where they decided enough was enough and they were going to target every aspect of crime simply because of, of what collectively became known as that. Yeah, and 
and we've seen as well in some of the as as we've been working with local authorities that the way that can also benefit so we start seeing people go out of their way to use the bins and then other people will follow so it works the opposite way around as well doesn't it so hopefully drive that change seen in you know in maystone people would go out their way to use bins uh, in, instead of dropping them on the floor so yeah it's a huge figure 69 percent seven out seven yeah. out of ten people yeah huge um just going on a few more of those figures um 41 percent that, that that admit to litter say that everyone's responsible so all you know although we're nearly half there aren't we although they know it's wrong to litter or they they still do it anyway well the, the, the other figure is that only one in four of, of the litterers think that it's their fault yeah you know, and, and 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 that if you can get your head around that one then you're yeah. a better person than i am because it, it's no one is accepting responsibility it's almost as if we've got street cleaners We've got bins, we've got this, that, and the other. Someone's going to pick it up. The streets, because we come out, and usually in most towns, cities in, in our country, by the time we come out onto the streets in the morning to go to work, or if you're visiting, the streets are spotless because the people have been out all night cleaning up after yesterday's mess. But when you look at what the cost of that is, and one of, one of, the, one of the stats that was thrown up, thrown up at me and... Uh, with thanks to keep it tidy for this one was that what it cost to collect waste in 2017 2018 what it cost to collect that waste would have funded 38,000 nurses or 30,000 firefighters for a year that's what you could have funded with the money that was spent arguably picking up what shouldn't have been there in the first place so when people say, well, I've got a problem with fast food waste, I've got a problem with cigarette waste, I've got a problem with face masks, I've got a problem with doggy poo bags. Yes, we have, because they are having to be picked up. They're weighed by the tonnage. We know we've got accurate figures for how much there is. And it is a fact that without a robust attitude by the local authorities towards street litter, which I'm pleased to say every local authority that I've had any connections with, I've got just that. They we're not talking about zero tolerance, but we're, we're talking about a robust attitude. If a warning is required, a warning will be given. But if enforcement is the only way, and enforcement through penalty, then that's exactly what should happen. Yeah, I mean, just to put a bigger figure on that one for the same money you're talking about there, uh, it, it was reported that 2.5 million beds for the NHS could have been could have been paid for to support. So it's 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 a huge figure, and it's needless. Yeah, it's absolutely. Um, I mean, the, I guess the other figure on that screen that shocks me the most is those that say they don't litter. One in five say it's not the, the person who drops litter isn't responsible. So even if they don't drop litter or say they don't drop litter, one in five people. Think, don't think that it's responsible. It just, I'd expect that to be a lot higher. Nine nine percent off what that would be, but you know, people that, but you know, or one percent even, that way around. 
take the responsibility for it. But um, one in five still seems quite high for that. Yeah, it, it does. Again, I think that's where the educational piece comes in quite nicely, isn't it? To try and change those behaviours uh, for, for that. Um, sorry, just on that screen as well, 78% uh, of people would like to see the government take more action. Um, it just goes to show that after all of the... You know what we do is is always asked for by majority of the public. We're you know we're there as you've always said by consent, um, and it's only those that um, that that don't the ones that normally don't like it, those that are on the end of a fixed penalty notice, and uh, who, but, who obviously don't want to be. But obviously the responsibility isn't with central government as such; it's with local government. Yes, uh, you know they 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 have the task of every local every uh, local authority must have an enforcement policy now their enforcement policy may be to not enforce but to educate engage explain but not enforce as long as they have a policy that is a statutory requirement for them to have that policy and obviously they all do but everybody sees enforcement as just one tool so whether we're pre-pandemic obviously the enforcement element was, was uh, mitigated drastically during the pandemic. But as we're coming out of the pandemic and behavioural changes haven't occurred and we are still blighted with litter, then the enforcement is still going to be necessary and will remain so. And in some ways, it's the only way that you can see a difference. Where there's been robust enforcement, very seldom, very seldom do you have recidivists when it comes to littering. They get a fixed penalty notice, it costs them a lot of money for dropping that cigarette end and they don't do it again. Or if they do, they're just going to keep offending anyway and uh, they will keep getting fined. Absolutely. Sure. Um, so I guess that takes us on to uh, what now? Um, again, we've, we've mentioned this throughout and we've talked about this one a lot, but... Um, uh, you know, to, to try and change, to stop the littering becoming an, a, an epidemic as it was reported through from Keep Britain Tidy. Um, you know, we, we look at education, which which we're you know trying to support, um, which we've got there. And also, uh, the, you know, deposit return schemes. They, they've worked really well in other countries. Um and other ways to get involved and get get communities involved in things like there's voting ashtrays out there so you can get a sports question and in the in the hotspot areas like travel hubs and that to to make it more engaging for someone to get in con you know to to do the right thing and yeah. put their litter into the bin um and and one of the others that he, you know that we work with he, he, um, eco green communities by placing in park and open spaces areas you know free bags for them to use to to remove their their dog feces you know at the right time um to make it easier for them so that they're not on the end of a fixed penalty notice but um yeah i mean is there anything that you think you'd add to that one well the only thing i would say is i totally agree with the early education what we have found is that if you don't get that message over to the primary school children the 7 to 11 year olds if you don't then you've got a problem because we can see that there is a problem with teenagers and, and littering. 
particularly in relation to confectionery. The usual things, sweetie wrappers, chocolate bar wrappers, crisp bags, uh, mineral cans. They, the default setting is straight on the ground or straight in someone's front garden. And they don't bat an eyelid when they're doing it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a person who may do this for a living, but where I live, I will challenge. Not, not everybody feels empowered enough to challenge, but I will challenge. And whether they pick it up and then throw it in someone's garden when they get out of society, I can't do anything about that. But more people are now being willing to challenge what is antisocial behaviour. Let's not wrap it up. Dropping litter is antisocial behaviour. It's as antisocial as graffiti on a wall and shouting and swearing in the street. It's offensive and it makes a negative difference to where we live. We all want to live in clean spaces and in clean areas. None of us. I've never seen a person yet or spoke to a person and said, do you know, I love where I live because it's full of litter. They won't say it because they don't. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's that silent majority, passive, who sit there and, 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 and might write a letter to the local newspaper, but don't do anything about it. And I think it's something that we do. We confront it. And we confront it because that's what we're tasked to do by the local authorities. And I, for one, am pretty proud that we do that because we are making a difference. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end. I think you're absolutely right about us making a difference. So... Um, if you'd like to know more about our, um, our our litter report, then you can obviously download it from our site, have a read through. And if you'd like to discuss anything that's in there or have any questions that you'd like to ask of us, then you can always get in touch uh, by using the forms on our website. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for joining us for our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more, then please visit our website, www.kingdom.co.uk. You can learn about us and all of our partners. Or if you'd like to find myself and Michael, you can find us on LinkedIn and the details will come up next. Thank you again.